podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hello. We are currently facing a nationwide epidemic. Our world as we know it has been shook to its core. We when I say we, I mean mankind. Historically, quite possibly, have never been through such depressing and debilitating times. The fact that MJF has not wrestled on AEW Dynamite is absolutely insane, and I understand that my MJFs, that's Maxwell Jacob Friedman fans for short, I mean, come on guys, use your noggin. You guys have been craving to see me on your TV sets, in your living room, live and in person, and I'm here to explain why I have not been there for you. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> I'm okay. On my last appearance in AEW Dynamite, while gambling early on in the evening, I suffered a very serious injury. While throwing my cash, I got a hangnail. But like a valiant warrior, I proceeded to gamble until the show's ending. But unfortunately, due to my inability to quit, my severe injury became life-threatening. But I am here to tell you, my loyal MJFs, that I will be back. And like a phoenix, I will rise from the ashes. And I will become your AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Because my name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And I'm better than you. And you know it. It's a brand new episode of the Alita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis, Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Nick, I have a confession to make to you uh, before we start the show. Uh, we always start with AEW Dark, and I will not make an exception here, but I do need to uh, come clean to everybody. I did not watch AEW Dark. So much stuff was going on. I know. So much stuff was going on Tuesday. And here we are. We're recording this on a Thursday, the day after Dynamite. Mm -hmm. And I still have not watched it. Well, 
let me just say, here's what happened. I, I'm going to even predict the winners, Nick. I didn't see okay. the show, but there are two matches, and I'm going to predict who won. Let's see. I'm going to predict that Penelope Ford defeated Anna J. And I'm going to predict that Joe Alonzo did not defeat Cody. Oh, you kidding me? Joe Alonzo? I mean, He's a he, blue chipper, man. He may have. <laughs> now, of course, I didn't see these matches, uh, but four people have watched AEW Dark and rated it on Grapple. And Penelope Ford and Anna Jay were 2.19 stars out of five. And Cody and Joe Alonzo was 1.88 stars out of five. That is coming from four votes total each. So, yeah. Not a lot of people checking out Dark. And honestly, there's not much going on. Now, I mean, we're going to talk about uh, Dynamite episode number 29 here. And to be honest, and while I like the show, uh, I did. But uh, these shows all kind of are starting to feel a little samey. There's in-ring that sometimes reaches the standard of good. Uh, which is incredible without a crowd, but that's kind of about where the ceiling is. And then there's usually some really good promos or video packages, either something very serious or something funny. And those are really the highlights of the show. Uh, the wrestling is not really the highlight of the show, but you know, what can you do in, in these, uh, in these difficult times? So let's start out with uh we we actually began with a great video package a Cody Rhodes video which is essentially about his path to the TNT championship but he's saying that everybody else kind of has an identity in this tournament and who is he in all of this and he has this great line uh in it where he says did i did i break the throne because i was afraid to sit in it which I thought was uh, just a great line, a very cinematic line from Cody. Uh, what did you think of this opening video package? I thought it was cool. Uh, I love seeing Cody in front of his little command center there. Yeah, he's like, he's like the hacker that WWE has right now. They've got a hacker gimmick going on. I thought maybe that's what was happening here, but no, he's like uh, <laughs> Cody's like uh, Ozymandias and and Watchmen. He's watching over everything that's going on from his control station yeah for sure he he's kind of like i mean i i think there's a promo later where dustin calls him while he's still at said command center and it just makes him look like he's the boss he's pulling all the strings and uh but at the same time you know he could be taken out at any time so Mm -hmm. it, it was just a cool little video i thought it was sweet i enjoyed it after that uh we go to ringside tony Schiavone, chris jericho they run down the events of this evening uh, then we get a Darby Allen Sammy Guevara video package, which takes us into Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen in the first round quarterfinal TNT championship tournament match. So this begins with Sammy attacking Darby right before the bell with a Fosbury flop to the outside. And just like their match at Revolution, this is Sammy taking Darby all around the ringside, you know, slamming him into things, smashing him into stuff. Sammy gives him this splash off the top rope onto a bridged ladder. And this ladder did not move an inch. Nope. Brutal looking. It's just so brutal. Darby's being checked on by the ringside attendant, but Sammy tosses him into the ring. And that's when the match starts. Darby trips up Sammy on the top rope. 
This is a, uh, this is some strange strategy here from Darby Allen. He removes Sammy Guevara's boot entirely to like down to barefoot and puts him in like an ankle lock. So he's trying to it's and it's not that strange because well I mean it's strange that he took off the boot, but it's not that yeah. strange that Darby is trying to limit Sammy Guevara's high flying by attacking his leg. So Sammy kicks him away. He does this one leg springboard cutter for a two. Very impressive. Darby Allen's uh, bleeding from the mouth, I think, but it didn't look particularly serious. He goes back to the ankle lock, uh, but uh, uh, Sammy escapes. They start brawling on the ground. They get up and continue a strike exchange. Darby hits this insane Lope Suicida to the outside. Sammy, of course, moves, and Darby just flies into this thing like a torpedo into the guard railing. Just look awful. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho on commentary clearly still holding a grudge against Pineapple Pete. He mentioned him several times here at ringside. Uh, (laughs) Sammy Guevara attempts a 630. It wasn't perfect, but he got a two count out of it. Darby goes for a springboard off the rope. Sammy catches him. He's going for that torture rack go to sleep, but Darby lands on his feet, hits the Last Supper pin combo, gets the three and moves on to face Cody Rhodes in the semifinals. Nick, what did you think of the opener? Hell of a match. Sammy and Darby just always impress. And I think it's going to be their gimmick from now on to see how much of a match they can have before they actually have to have their match. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I laughed at that. Um, Jericho was great on commentary in this match. I believe, uh, talking about how he knew perfect Spanish. You said Sammy's moving like a gato at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho is a highlight of all these shows. He's, recently. he's always great. Yes. Arby impresses me with just his athleticism. And when he lawn darts himself, it is the scariest slash most impressive thing I can see him do. Um, he goes so fast. He puts his all into it. Ugh. I mean, he oh, knows. That's the that's the crazy thing. The crazy thing about Darby Allen is he knows this is what's going to happen to him. He knows that Sammy Guevara is going to be moving and he's going to go headfirst into this guard railing, and he still chooses to go at that speed. He's crazy. He's insane. He's insane. This this match uh, deserved a crowd, um, but it did. I want to give the boys props for what they did. This is a three and a half star one for me. I loved it. Okay, this was uh, this was definitely my match of the show. These guys work really well together. I need that crowd. It wasn't there. I gave it a three. I thought this was the best match on the show. Grapple though, Nick, you'll be pleased to know, agrees with you. Three and a half on the dot. Three point five. Uh, Beautiful stars. So they are right there with you. So after that. We go to Broken Dum... I'm, I'm just going to call him Broken Damatskis. Uh, <laughs> so, he uh, he's being all weird. You know how he is. He's being all weird talking about Chris Jericho in the inner circle. But then, the screen like has a wipe. And it's normal Matt Hardy talking to Chris Jericho. Like, uh, normal Matt Hardy has been summoned to the surface. That, uh, that entity inside of broken Damascus, uh, kind of came to the surface. And he says that AEW is not a platform for Chris Jericho. It's not even a platform for Matt Hardy. It's a platform for the future. And he recognizes that that's why he came to AEW because he saw what the inner circle was doing. And he wants to be a protector for that future. He wants to make sure that that future gets a chance to flourish. 
So I like this. This was actually, and this was also very different. Uh, they, they're doing this thing where he kind of can float into being normal Matt Hardy. And he got a pretty good promo here is just normal Matt Hardy, I thought. What did you think? Oh, yeah. It made me want to see more of normal Matt Hardy. I know they've done this on Being the Elite where he's appeared as both. I was kind of surprised that they did this on television. Mm-hmm. But I like the uh, I like the idea that you can feud with two different versions of Matt. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he caught a hell of a promo. Matt Hardy, Absolutely. man. Yeah. I, did, I never thought of him as much of a talker until he became Broken Matt. But even just as normal vanilla Matt Hardy, he's impressive. Absolutely. Then we got one of my... This is my favorite new segment they're doing, where Taz teaches you about moves. Yes. So this week it was Taz breaking down Kenny Omega's V-Trigger and the Snapdragon. And the Snapdragon was even better because he was talking about the various ways Kenny goes into the Snapdragon, but also talks about the... uh, He breaks down the science behind how the maneuver works, which is always great. I love this stuff. So that was fun. Then we get Kenny Omega in action against Alan Angels, or if you're Chris Jericho, Alan Eagles, because that's what he called him throughout this match. So uh, they talked about Kenny being in Japan for a while as well, working the match with Chris Jericho at the Tokyo Dome, to which Jericho feigns to, uh, he he pretends that he does not remember who who won or lost that match because, of course, he did not win that match. But he says if Kenny Omega won, it was because he had a home field advantage. He speaks fluent English, Skiavone, uh, or fluent Japanese, I should say. I don't speak fluent, fluent English, apparently. Uh, then my favorite thing happened. They're talking about how, uh, because they're in the Georgia area, and Alan Angels is from there. Start talking about it. Uh, and Jericho mentions that Kenny Omega once wrestled here too in Deep South Wrestling. Yeah. It's WWE's, uh, one of WWE's farm systems at the time. And Kenny Omega said, or he said, he said of Kenny Omega, they didn't use him right. And now he's one of the best in the world. But mm-hmm. after he put him over under his breath, he goes, pumpkin headed dipshit. And then they went on with his commentary. Jericho is the best. So uh, this match is all Kenny Omega, but Angels did get in a little bit. He actually did this really cool apron sweep spot. Uh, Jericho was, uh, of course, on this calling referee Paul Turner an idiot for not pushing the uh, the apron back down, kind of covering for the fact that the referee didn't do anything here because they were doing a spot. But Angels had like taken the apron and thrown it onto the onto the canvas. And when Kenny stepped on it, he pulled the apron and it tripped Kenny up. I thought that was uh, actually pretty clever. So yes. uh, Kenny hits the Snapdragon, hits him with a V-trigger, but Angels kicks out. So Kenny's had uh, he's had enough. He gives this man a doctor bomb and then hits a Beaumaier-style V-trigger for the win. What did you think of uh, Alan Angels and Kenny Omega? I thought this was a good one. I'm kind of surprised that Kenny gave away so much at the beginning. I'm like, he's he's kind of jobbing out to Alan Angels here a little bit. Yeah, a little um, bit, yeah. But uh, Jericho was hilarious on this. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just throwing out weird stuff all the time, talking about, you know what a yeah boy is? It's a drink I invented. <laughs> and, and the, uh, the, the drink he invented was uh, vodka with ice in it. <laughs> that was it. He's like, I invented that. It's a yeah boy. <laughs> Just a vodka with ice. A vodka on the rocks. 
He and he came up and, with that. Uh, <laughs> he 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 is obviously a smarter man than all of us. Yeah. Um, and at one point, Tony had mentioned that Kenny was in dire straits, and Jericho started singing "We Are the Sultans of Swing," which I got a great <laughs> chuckle. Out I of. didn't. I didn't catch that. I must have been jotting down notes. That's hilarious. Damn Jericho it. is just beautiful. I love him. He's awesome. Um, I was gave this, this was, one. Was this the match where he mentioned Michael Landon and like Highway to Heaven? He he drops uh, like Michael Landon's name at some point too, and I don't remember where, but. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure if that was during this match, but yeah, he definitely did that. Oh. Um, but I gave this one a 2.5. Oh, me too. Yeah, I went two and a half stars on this one. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Kenny gave this guy a little bit, but not, I think, maybe borderline too much. But, um, you know, and Jericho, Jericho even said, look, Kenny Omega is a nice guy. He's trying to give this guy a fighting chance. So he... he <laughs> He saved Kenny a little bit by saying, like, he's given him some. Uh, Grapple gave this 2.62. So they were even more impressed than we were. But you know, just barely. Just barely. Just a little bit. We get a Scorpio Sky, essentially a personality profile, sort of about him. It's really him, I guess, telling his life story about uh, how he got into wrestling and when he fell in love with it and uh, his uh, his struggles with uh, injury and his struggles with not making it in the business. Uh, and this is only part one of at least two parts, but perhaps more. Uh, did you did you dig this? What'd you, what did you think about it? I love this. Um, I wish they would have done something like this when they were first on television. Um, it would have been good to know all this information about Scorpio Sky before, like, the tag title tournament and everything, but maybe that would have made it too obvious. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's cool that they're finally doing it. Like it's a smart thing to do while you're trying to fill TV time is to tell more of these guys uh, backstory and make people care about them. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I agree entirely. Uh, after that we got, um, what was after this? Was this the, uh, the, the highlights of BTE or is this the thing they did with Cody and Dustin? think this was the highlights. I, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. Uh, they showed uh, highlights of BTE 200 which featured a Nick Jackson versus Matt Jackson falls count anywhere match at Nick Jackson's house. Uh, did you watch the match? Yes, I did. Okay. What, what, what did you think of it real quick? Oh man, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to be a false count anywhere match. I didn't see that until the day of, yeah. so I was originally confused because they've been doing, uh, matches in a ring on their tennis court. Yep. So when the ring was gone, I was like, what What the hell is going on? But yes. they were really creative with the spots they did, you know, just little things like him jumping over like one of his ledges to like hit him with a, a kick or something. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you what, what moves or how it broke down, but Canadian destroyer was... into the pool. Yes. There That's... you go. That's memorable. But I mean, there, there <laughs> was like, like some stuff we would do. Yeah. I mean, there's like swanton bombs off of like roofs or something through tables it was pretty crazy. It was like a, essentially, it was like a fairly high production backyard wrestling match. It was pretty. It was pretty weird with, with two highly paid professional wrestlers in very nice professional wrestling gear. Uh, they they even did a. I I like they did this little comedy bit where they're brawling around the house and into the yard, and you they are fight. They're just exchanging forearms, 
and like the kids are like at the window looking out the window yes and they're like uh, 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 like hitting each other and then they cut inside and you don't hear them fighting you just see them through the window and the mom comes up and just like slowly closes the blinds oh man i thought that was funny but yeah that was uh i was surprised they showed highlights of it i mean it was a it was a good match. Like I think anyone who hasn't checked it out should go see it because anytime you get those two, I mean, I think the young bucks are just gold. Anything they touch, it's incredible, but you put them against each other and give them no limits. It's going to be something great. Yeah. Jimmy Havoc and orange Cassidy in orange Cassidy's television debut. So Jimmy jumps him like right before the bell and it's 100% Jimmy Havoc in this match. Orange Cassidy just takes a beating forever. Havoc bites his hands, puts them in his pockets, beats him some more. Uh, Orange Cassidy makes a comeback. Does a it, it's uh, culminated with a tilt a world DDT for a two. Orange sweeps him off the top rope. Does the sloth splash off the top? Only gets a two. Tony Schiavone theorizes that Cassidy may have fallen asleep at such a high altitude, and perhaps that is why the splash did not look as good. Uh, Jimmy goes for the acid rainmaker, but it is ducked. Superman punched from Orange Cassidy. Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian try to interfere, but ultimately the only person who gets distracted here is Jimmy Havoc, as Orange Cassidy hooks him in this lucha cradle of some sort and pins Jimmy Havoc, gets the win, and uh, post-match, Cassidy uh, Cassidy gets beat down by Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, and the best friends make the save. So what did you think of Orange Cassidy's debut against Jimmy Havoc? Kind of sucks that he he got like no offense in until the end. Like, yeah. As Jericho said, he got beat to a pulp, man. He was red as hell by the end of this he was, match. He, got he was squeezed, so yes. Jericho was trying to, to put in as many puns as he could. <laughs> um, that's my only kind of downer about the matches. We really didn't get to see more of a showcase of Orange Cassidy, but that's kind of not in his character. I think his whole thing has to deal with him, you know, making the big comeback eventually. But no, I, um, I, I gave this one uh, two stars. Like, it wasn't a bad match, but I just was disappointed in the lack of Orange Cassidy offense. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly surprised. Uh, I, I guess I didn't think about this until afterwards. I liked the match. I thought it was average. I went two and a half stars. Okay. But now that I think about it, I mean, I'm going to keep the score as is, I guess, because I'm just too lazy to change it now. But this is like one of my least favorite finishes. And I've been seeing it quite a bit lately, which is the uh, the one guy gets his ass kicked the whole match, hits one move and wins. Now, I, I've seen this quite a bit lately. It's been on NXT as well. I don't really care for this sort of thing. Like it's essentially a squash match where the jobber wins. And that's okay. If the person, the person losing is a heel and the person winning is a jobber. It really, that can, that can work to kind of help uh, build a, a feud, but I don't think of orange Cassidy as a jobber per se. And Jimmy Havoc is a heel. But because Orange Cassidy isn't really a jobber, this sort of just drags him down a little bit. It sort of makes him look like, especially since he was much more competitive against Pac. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a little weird. Grapple gave it two and a half stars as well on the dot. We got a couple of those on the dot scores 
this week. <laughs> on to the best thing uh, on the entire show, as far as I'm concerned. We get an update on the status of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. <laughs> and he is he begins by talking about the state of the country, nay, the world. It's the, the hardest thing we've ever had to face as a as a people. And you think he's going to mention the global pandemic, but no, it's the lack of MJF on AEW television. How is the world coping with this? Well, there's a reason he hasn't been on TV, and that is because he has suffered a debilitating injury. You see, Nick, and everyone else listening to this podcast, MJF, the last time we saw him, he was at ringside gambling with Sean Spears on the outcomes of the matches of the first AEW pandemic show. And in just a, an unfortunate, an unfortunate event, uh, he threw some money at Sean Spears and this caused a hangnail to develop somehow. <laughs> and a, a smart man would have known to quit right then and there. But MJF is a competitor and he is a fighter and he just kept going on. He kept gambling throughout the night. And uh, as he would as he would later learn and then tell us here in this interview, it could have cost him his life. So uh, he is home convalescing right now, but he will rise from the ashes like a phoenix and be better than ever. <laughs> this was pretty great. Oh, man, he even had the Burberry bandage. He had a Burberry bandage on his hand. Uh, <laughs> he's the best. I, He's he's such a great asshole. He's, he's the best. And I think this was all set off by him, like, putting out a tweet saying, I want to perform for you guys, but something's happening. The minute they showed the tweet on Dynamite, I was like, oh, this is going to be an angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he's so good. Well... After that, we got his bodyguard in action, Lee Johnson versus Wardlow. And uh, here's what happened to Lee Johnson. He got gorilla pressed into a power slam. He got suplex tossed by Wardlow many times. And then Wardlow hit this great F10 for the win. So this is a pretty fun squash. What did you think? It was. It, it was basically Wardlow getting his squash on him. He's uh he's a bad man. I gave it a 1.5. Oh wow. See, I on the strength of this F10 alone, which I thought looked awesome. Kudos to Lee Johnson for spinning in the air as many times as he did. And he's like Lee Johnson planked when Wardlow tossed him. Like he spun like a propeller. It was awesome. I gave this two and a quarter stars. Ooh, I was big. I was so impressed. 2.17 from the people over at Grapple. I think they were impressed as well. I think I was just in a salty mood, but it was impressive. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after this, we get Mr. Brody. Actually, I really like this. It wasn't just Mr. Brody. It was uh, a person who was looking at some newspaper clippings or something of like a, a Heisman Trophy potential player having a tragic injury or something like that. And he finds the dark orders website and fills out an application. And then we cut to Brody Lee interviewing this new potential member. Now we do get a little bit, only a teeny bit of Vince in here, 
But the teeny bit of Vince is like, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? And did you play football? And uh, the rest of it, though, was just great recruiting, like saying that, you know, he'll make him a winner with us. He won't be alone anymore. Uh, You know, he's like, you know, you, you will be one of us. You will be Dark Order. And he slides him a mask. And this man, whomever he is, appears to take the mask. I like this much better than the stuff that's sort of uh, a little the the wackier things that they've been doing. And those things have been kind of fun, but I thought I I like this a little bit better. It felt a little more uh, character motivated, or you know, if you, if you get what I'm saying, it felt like it progressed what the Dark Order is a little bit. Sure. Um, everything else has just been kind of showing off Brody as this like tyrant of a boss. Mm-hmm. I like seeing him being manipulative and mm-hmm. showing how he has all these people under his control yes. and what kind of person they are appealing to. Like the, it, it was kind of funny to see like the fat wrestling fan being the original, you know, person they were going after, but seeing someone who was a big star, he's Brody's going to take that guy when he's as lowest and use him for all he can. And that's, yep pretty great i love so much it was beautiful (laughs) that's good stuff and then we got justin law versus brody lee jericho calls all of the fans at ringside the aew galaxy which uh got a good good laugh out of me this was just a squash but brody just kills this man with a discus lariat to win the match what'd you think of the squash um i noticed that this match must have been this must have happened before the match last week because Justin coming out with no uh, print mark on his chest, and I'm pretty sure yes. Brody threw a big mark on his chest from the match last week. Oh <laughs> so, man, yep. Um, Brody's an Brody's an impressive specimen. Um, Jericho was astonished. I think he said he just beat him with a clothesline. Yeah, well, I mean, like it's his finisher, but yeah, he's like he he beat him with just the power of swinging his fist. Yep. <laughs> Like any references, Stan Hansen too, which you of know, course adds yes. a little bit more meat to that statement. But yeah, I the give this King one of the Lariat. Yes, or is it him or JBL? No, it's it's Hansen. <laughs> Fuck JBL. That's what I say. Uh, you're not wrong. Um, I give this one a one point five as well. Oh, okay. I went slightly above one and three quarters. I gave it that extra quarter push for just how fucking hard he hit this man with that clothesline. Like afterwards, Tony Schiavone got a chance to look and hear it again. And he, his Tony Schiavone's responses sometimes are so great. He just goes, holy hell. <laughs> He's awesome. I love Tony. Yes. Uh, after this, we go backstage with the best friends in the weight room. Chuck Taylor's got chains around his neck. <laughs> like he's the warlord or some shit. Right. And Trent gets the microphone and says, do I want to fight Penelope Ford? Yeah, I do. Can I legally fight Penelope Ford? No, I can't. So I'll fight her boyfriend instead and Jimmy Havoc for some reason. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, that's how pissed off I am. And Chuck Taylor says, essentially says, you won't like Trent when he's quiet. He's like, when Trent's silent, that means people are going to die. <laughs> and then he walks away. I'm like, what, what is this? Such a goofy promo. Uh, what did you think? God bless Chuck Taylor. He's awesome. I love him. Oh my god, he is he is so underrated. 
and he's so funny and he's talented in the ring. He's he's your whole package right there, but he's just a big weirdo too. <laughs> yeah. Such a weirdo. Such we, a weirdo. We uh, speaking of weird, we then have the bubbly bunch for this week. Uh the inner circles uh FaceTime Zoom meeting, whatever you want to call it. And uh Sammy Guevara is sad because Jake Hager did not win the AEW championship from John Moxley and the rest of the group essentially try to cheer him up. And the idea they come up with is a, what is this? A, a flim, what, what do they call it? Flim glam or flim flam. Some, it's a, yeah. It's supposed to a play on TikTok, but they're going to have a dance contest. Jericho says the winner gets a tiny bottle of hand sanitizer. And Sammy Guevara is like, Oh man, I'm in. Like he cheers up immediately. They all dance. It's awful. Then Sammy Guevara shows all of them up, and then Jericho, who thought he was going to win, is pissed, and then throws the hand sanitizer at his phone screen, as if it would as if it would somehow get to Sammy Guevara through his phone. That was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty good stuff. Yep. Uh, we get a John Moxley hype video. He's going to be on the show next week to make some sort of statement about something. We don't know what. <laughs> we then get a Dustin Rhodes and Kip Sabian hype video. Of course, Dustin, uh, on the latest Road 2 episode uh, on AEW's YouTube channel, left a voicemail for Cody in which uh, he informed Cody that uh, this title means a lot and he's working, he's training really hard for this. But if he can't beat Kip Sabian, then it's probably time to hang it up. Like, this will be his last match. Now, before we talk about the main event, you know who RJ City is? Cindy. Have you seen the video that RJ City posted about this? I have not. This made me a follower of RJ City. I I was I see his tweets every now and again because people who I follow retweet him or like his tweets, and he's very funny. And for some reason, I never really followed him until now, but it was essentially the video, uh, same video, and the answering machine, you know, like before, it's like, you have one unheard message. And instead of Dustin... I don't know if it's RJ City or if it's somebody else doing it, but uh, it's somebody singing the theme song to Night Court, but they've gave the they gave it lyrics because really? the theme to Night Court has no lyrics. Uh, so it was like it was very shoddy lyrics to the tune of the Night Court theme, and I laugh my ass off so hard. As a big, I'm a big connoisseur of. I love Night Court. As one of my favorite, uh, as one of my favorite sitcoms, and uh, this just made me laugh out loud so hard because they keep cutting back to Cody, who looks kind of sad, but then he his interest sort of peaks a little bit as it goes on, and I'm just I'm just losing my mind. Uh, he made me a he made me a follower that day. I, I clicked the the follow button on Twitter after hearing that. So if there's one great thing that came of it, it's it's. I got to hear the the night court theme with lyrics, which are just terrible lyrics, but very funny. I have <laughs> main event time: Kip Sabian and Dustin Rhodes in the final quarterfinal match of the TNT Championship Tournament. So Chris Jericho right away just trashes the idea of Dustin saying this could be his last match if he loses. Jericho says the champion has never gone into a match saying if I lose. He's like, so if Dustin loses, that's why. He's already lost in his mind. He's come into this match accepting that he will lose. 
He's like, that's why I'm the champion, and he's just Dustin Rhodes. I thought this was actually pretty, actually not a bad, not a bad argument. It's like he's self-defeating him. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's already decided if he loses, Jericho never goes into a match thinking if I lose. It's kind of the mark of the Rhodes family at this point, though, because mm-hmm. Cody makes dumb stipulations for himself That's all the time. That's true. So yes. Is that why Dustin's dude? <laughs> it makes sense now. It <laughs> didn't before this because I'm like, why on this one random match? Like, is he going to put his career on the line in every match of the tournament? No, oh, like, man. It's so true. Uh, in front of no crowd, too. Is this the, yeah, is this the Ric Flair thing where, you know, he, he wins or he retires? Right. So. <laughs> Uh, solid hold counter hold exchange in the beginning. Kip tries to quicken the pace a little bit, but Dustin can keep up with him. Some underhanded behavior from Penelope Ford allows Kip to take control and he works over Dustin's knee so much so that he can't even really put any weight on it. Dustin trying to fire back, but doesn't have enough inside. Kip gets a few near falls. Eventually Dustin hits a spine buster to create some space and starts a comeback, but the knee is hurting. Sabian hits this great spring-in tornado DDT, only gets a two. Penelope tries to interfere, but Brandy gives her the good old spear to, uh, to wipe her out. And as uh, Kip Sabian is like, oh my God, what happened to Penelope? Dustin hits him with a Canadian destroyer, gets the win, and moves on to face Lance Archer in the semifinals. What did you think of the main event? And it was really good. Um, Dustin having a renaissance like i hate these uh stupid things about i'm or it's not a stupid thing but i hate the retirement thing i just Mm -hmm. i thought it felt out of place it didn't yeah he was i mean he number one he wasn't gonna lose to kip sabian he wasn't gonna lose to kip sabian on a show with no fans like he wasn't gonna retire so it didn't have a lot of heft behind it but it'd be more interesting if he said it'd be interesting if he said this for the match with lance archer because I think everybody expects him to lose that match. Exactly. Something like that. I was like, now you got some teeth to it, but exactly. He wasn't going to lose. And Dustin's talented. I don't want him threatening to retire because he's a great part of the show. He's one of the best people on the show as far as pure wrestling ability goes. Mm -hmm. So um, that part kind of made me not like the match as much, but it was incredible. These two are talented together. Dustin was pulling some good stuff out of Kip. I loved the when Kip seemed like he was going to go go too far and get himself disqualified. I was like half thinking, is that how they're going to put Kip over and allow Dustin to advance in the tournament or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, just an awesome match. Seeing Dustin hit that Canadian Destroyer is still just super weird. <laughs> super weird, but it, it's so impressive. Um, I yep. give this one 2.7. Oh, yeah, me too. Two and three quarter stars to cap off the main event. I thought this was pretty good. Pretty basic for the most part. Just the old uh, work over the body part of the baby face. He tries to come back, but he struggles. Uh, But, you know, they told a good story here and uh, the finish was pretty good. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Better than I was expecting, in fact, even. Uh, And I think this would have been even more enjoyable in front of a in front of a crowd. So, yeah, Grapple gave it a two point eight three. Not too shabby. Oh. Yeah, not too bad at all. So, a, an okay show of AEW. Uh, not blow away. I mean, my favorite thing was the MJF promo by, by leaps and bounds. So, yeah. Uh, and by the way, of course, uh, thoughts and prayers from all of us here to MJF. Uh, hopefully he recovers from his uh, killer hangnail and uh, 
you know, uh, hopefully we'll see him back in the ring soon. I think we can all, uh, we can all agree on that. Nobody, nobody wants to see anybody get hit with a, a hangnail, uh, at, at this time, uh, in the world. So yeah, it's a uh, devastating, but, uh, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll bounce back better than ever, Nick. Absolutely. All the best to you, MJF. Yes. Uh, so that's the show for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time. Here's talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring the semifinals of the AEW TNT championship tournament. <laughs> <laughs>